When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. Uh, Fernando Rodney, a 40-year-old candidate to be the uh, Twins' closer. Uh, I guess they uh, didn't want to give Kinsler uh, two years, $15 million. Is that what he got? Did you say that? Uh, it was uh, two, two years, and ten, but there's a, th- two and a, ten a third and option. Two and ten for Kinsler. That would have been he – would, he would have come back here for the same That's price. That's kind of what be. I was thinking. Well, Fernando, uh, they, get, they get him for one year, four, four and a quarter, and he can make a little more than that, right? He's 40 years old. I like him. I just got a scouting report from a friend of mine who uh, covered him uh, for several years with another team. Uh, said he's uh, a little, you know, like uh, a lot of fellows from the Dominican, even he's been here. He's uh, not uh, not real. He doesn't like to talk in English too often as far mm-hmm. as doing interviews and stuff. But he said... Uh, He's in his own world. He said he's kind of, you know, just a just a closer, but he's an intelligent guy and he's a playful humor. He said he likes to uh, agitate a little bit, but uh, you know, maybe that. Now, Manny told us the real story of the crooked hat, which yes. most people think is just a cry for attention. No, it is. Uh, I I remember reading something about this last year, and then I had to go back. Today, when the when the news broke of the twin signing, I had to look back on what the story exactly was. He he wears it slightly, you know, Got to the guy. left. Gets a uh, leg, gets a, about another inch over every year, yeah. about another half inch over every year. But <laughs> but he wears it that way in uh, apparently in tribute to his late father who passed away. I think like six days before he made his major league debut in two thousand two. And his dad was a fisherman from the Dominican Republic, and his dad would, whenever his dad would go fishing, he would wear it, you know, to the, side to the left to keep the sun from to keep the sun from coming him. down on his face. So that's that's basically why he wears his hat that way. Well, so. that's uh, I, I think it's kind of fun. I know a lot of baseball purists uh, go crazy, but I was very happy to see on your Twitter account, yes, that uh, the mayor. Who's been, a, who's been mm-hmm. a big critic of uh, this in the past has mm-hmm. come around now that he's a twin. He posed and for a mayor, photo today. He posed yeah. for a photo with a cockeyed <laughs> twins hat. So kind of welcoming you can, Fernando you can to the see club. That and at Chris Reavers, R E U V E R S. Yes. 
You have the same problem with that name as I do. A lot of people like to put the U before the E. All the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. I told you the story about when I became a columnist at the uh, the St. Paul Dispatch, the afternoon paper. And I'd been there since 68. And this was 79. All right. February of 79. And to announce the arrival of this new sports columnist, they put it over the banner that said, you know, the St. Paul Dispatch, above the banner. Mm Mm-hmm. Read new Pat Ricey column in sports. Okay. There's new Pat Ricey column debuts today or something. R-U-E-S-S-E. Oh. Uh, right, up, right up there on top of the man. Welcome to the show. Somebody had been paying attention. Right. Hadn't they? Yeah, all those years. Anyway, yeah, Fernando Rodney, uh, 40 years old. Now, I got a piping hot take for you. Here we go. Okay. I'm ready. I think uh, Fernando will uh, probably... Uh, uh, be mediocre. Oh, that's a no. My piping hot, hot take, take is oh, the guy who's going to lead the Twins in saves in 2018 is going to be Ryan Presley. Oh my, that's oh. a scolding hot that is sports a sc- take. I don't so Presley's going to have a big bounce I, back year. He's going to have a big bounce back year. He has the best stuff in that bullpen. He's going to get. Clear-headed here. Somebody, we got the new pitching coach, right? Yeah, we got the guy. He's got to get him. Mm-hmm. He's got to get to him. Yeah, right. We got the new pitching coach. Mm-hmm. We got the senior advisor pitching coach too. <laughs> we got Eddie. We got three guys to get to him. So, not that I want to point fingers in any way, but I'm going on to the 1500 ESPN old takes exposed Twitter account. Yeah, this is 2017, not 2016, when you made the same declaration, is it? Uh, yeah, it's the same declaration. <laughs> made last year. I, but by and, the way, I'm not ripping you because I'm with you because I'm was, agreeing. Nobody that... was more disappointed in him than me, including him. Right. Because <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I think I, I agree that Ryan Presley is a lot better or should be a lot better than what we've seen. You know what his biggest problem is? Idiotic pitch selection. When you throw 98 uh, and you got a guy... Who's strikeout prone? Don't do him a favor by throwing him a strike curveball. I, I can throw that hanging curveball. You can throw that curveball, and he's got a good curveball, but you yep. got to throw it on the outside of the plate and have it fall down and land on the on the plate. And another thing, when it's George Springer at the plate. Don't throw him a 98-mile-an-hour no. fastball because he's going to hit it in the third deck like he did at Target well, Field he's last waiting year. for it. Yeah, right. He's waiting for it. Oh, but, my uh, God. Yeah, he, he gave up some gigantic home runs, but there's no I, no reason this guy can't be a very good I'm 100% member of your with you. bullpen. I'm 100% with you. Now, I would say Trevor May could have been your closer, except I still think he's going to be in the rotation by May 1st. So, Now, is he going to be ready to go? By he spring says training? he will be ready to go by spring training. I talked to him uh, when Roy Halladay uh, died. What's the connection? Uh, he was a kid in the oh Phillies, in the Philly system, system, of course. And he yeah. said he said watching Roy Halladay Halladay, excuse me, was uh, kind of served as a role model for all the young pitchers in the Philly system nobody because nobody worked harder. Yeah. He was one of those guys if. He got to the ballpark at 5 a.m. And if he got there and somebody else had beaten him, then the next day he'd get there at 4:50 a.m. And 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 the they're like 
the twins, the complexes are right next to each other. So he's looking for cars in the parking lots. And the guys of May's generation, just to agitate him, would start showing up early just to try to beat him <laughs> to the to there to see how early Halliday would be. Why is he here at midnight? To <laughs> yeah, see how early Halliday would be there. But he you know, he never was a teammate of his, but he was a great admirer. But he said yes, his he's he's uh, progressing. It's gonna be a year. Uh, what in? I think the surgery was April. Was it spring training? April. Oh, it was. Yeah, he blew it out in. Uh, remember that he had a pretty good outing in uh, middle of March, and then two days later we said, "Ah, he's got a sore elbow," and two weeks later he had surgery. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said he's uh, his goal is to be thrown off the mound uh, when uh, camp opens. So we'll see. There. Uh, but uh, anyway, Fernando Rodney, I approve. Sure. I, I think it's fine. But again, like we said yesterday after they signed Pineda, this still can't be it. He's not what you would call a fast worker. No. He can take a while. Yeah. He there can take can. a while. He and can think about it. For what a do while. we know about the Rule 5 kid we got from Miami today? Not a thing, but uh, I don't. why did they not have Nick Birdie? Uh, we're going to ask Bernardino Ber- this uh, when we talk to him, but... Uh, Putting not putting Nick Birdie on the forty man made, seemed made very ridiculous. little sense because isn't he still injured? They could have put him yeah, on the sixty day DL. He's a he's a Tommy John guy, uh, right? And he would. I think what happens now is the team that drafts him, they can keep him on the DL all year, but then the next year they have to keep him. And the the rule five will still stay rules, intact for yeah, the following season for the following because he was traded too after he was picked, correct? The Phillies draft, yeah, drafted him, to, him, then traded him to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. Well, I I don't know. I, you know, every we always talk about wanting live arms, and you give up one of the guys who throws a hundred. I don't know about that. We'll be back. Get a report from uh, the uh, winter meetings from uh, Mike Berardino. Mike Berardino covers the Twins for the St. Paul Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. Fernando Rodney, a 40-year-old Dominican, does this mean we're going to bring Bartolo back too, sir? (laughs) Well, they say they haven't closed the door to it. We can only hope. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it it is in that kind of vein, isn't it? And uh, there's some quirks and peculiarities with this guy too, although he's in much better shape. (laughs) <laughs> yes uh what uh what's the word on how his stuff was last year was he he does have that great uh, the great forkball whatever the hell it is uh uh but uh what's what's how's how hard's he throwing now do we know well he's lost a couple miles an hour on the velo but still mid-90s i talked to tory lavello about him uh down here and his manager in arizona and earlier the twins manager a couple of years ago yeah. and, and he was very appreciative of what he did for him and uh, they have financial troubles in Arizona. It's the only reason they weren't really strongly trying to keep him. But of course, and he's going to be 41 when he pitches next year. But he said he's, he said from what he saw at the end of the year, he looks like he could pitch till he's 50, still running it up there mid 90s. And like you say, that power changeup that he could tell you it's coming and it just disappears. The problem with him is that always he's going to load him up and he's going to strike him out. That's what he's going to do. It's just, it's just yeah. going to be, you know, I hope I hope Molitor's got enough Maylocks uh, in, in that in that. Uh, in that desk of his. Yeah, it's uh, not quite Jose Valverde, but it's close. He's going to oh. uh, 
He's There's been... a reason it's called the Fernando Rodney Experience. <laughs> uh, I love the hat myself. A lot of people are uh, very upset about that. Our guy Suture is uh, is not a hat guy. But uh, I, uh, I I saw a tweet of yours on Nick Birdie. I that and uh, you were you were suggesting they should take him back in the Rule Five draft. <laughs> what uh, what what was the logic here? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the thinking there was roster spots are valuable. I mean, even with these Michael Pineda now and yeah. and Rodney, and then they took a guy in the Rule 5 who never made a Marlins top 30 prospects from Baseball mm-hmm. America, and that's a terrible system. So that's, a, you know, they see the strikeout rate, but they're only going to have one extra roster spot as it is, one open spot. I, uh, I do think that now the Pirates have Nick Birdie's rights, and they're going to have to carry him for 90 days, and the Twins – Coming off Tommy John surgery late last May, they did not see a scenario where um, a team would be able to do that very comfortably, and they certainly didn't want to lock up a 40-man spot, was their thinking. But they do have, you know, sweat equity in this guy going back to 14. They have $1.2 million in a bonus in him uh, coming out of Louisville. They'd sent him to the Arizona Fall League. He didn't give up anything there. And he was throwing lights out with an 053 ERA. When he went down last year, Tommy John's are pretty straightforward. They're kind of like a trip to Jiffy Lube. But uh, they did not want to be tied down with the uh, roster spot because their thinking was he's really not going to be able to help anybody at a major league level till 2019. Hey, Mike, you have to activate him for 90 days no matter what the background is. I, I thought you could keep him on a DL and then have the same rules apply next year, but you can't. You have to activate him for 90 90 days total on the 25-man active roster, okay. and that can carry over. Like, you could use 80 of them up or 50 of them up in 2018, and then you'd have to carry okay. them all the next offseason and then uh, carry them all, you know, for the remainder up until you get to 90. Yeah. Days, and then, then you can option them back down to the minor leagues. Uh, if you want to try to option them before that, then you got to offer them back to the Twins for 50 grand, and, of course, they would take him. I uh, heard, uh, I think it was one of the gentlemen on our station the other day, complaining about, uh, you know, the previous organization uh, didn't value power arms enough. But if you go back to, I think it was, was it three years ago that Dougie thought he was going to have four of them throwing dang near 100? Mm-hmm. Chargois, Birdie, Jake Reed and the little kid Zach was it Zach Jones right? He had four Jack, of them there. Zach Jones, yeah, he and, threw, he threw a hundred, yeah. And none of them, you know, Chargois is. What's the word on him? Do we know where he is? Still, still uh, rehabbing slowly back from what he had, which was uh, basically a uh, elbow aspect, but not Tommy John. Um, a strain, uh, something on the outside of his elbow, not the inside, which is good. But uh, yeah, but couldn't he's get him on the mound. Just couldn't get him on the mound all all year because he did show. He had a nice September of sixteen, no yep. pressure, and one hundred and three lost season. But you're right, they threw a lot of those big power arms against the wall. Jake Reed, uh, another one you might have mentioned, but and he did not. Jake Reed was not taken in the Rule Five no. today. But um, you know, you, you just hope one of one or two of those hit because you see what relief costs you now on the open market for a guy who's not 40 years old and it tends to be somewhere in that seven to nine million dollar range per year uh do you take the uh you darvish uh, maybe make a bid rumors seriously at all well after talking to chris jimenez uh i know at least uh he's got a guy trying to recruit him to minnesota and and uh, that's how loyal jimenez is to minnesota is he doesn't even have a, a job he's not a twin anymore but he'd like to be and he's 
he'd been working on him, uh, trying to tell him. And Darvish had a lot of questions for him. It sounded like two separate phone calls, wanting to know how it would be in Minnesota and uh, what the uh, community was like, what the area was like, what the clubhouse was like. And um, Jimenez thinks the Twins would have a shot. They don't have to be the highest bidder. But the problem is we really don't know at this point what we're talking. We're talking yeah. 100. It's going to be $100 million plus. Yes. But is it 160 I don't see that. If it's somewhere around 120 maybe they could talk themselves into that depending on, on other aspects of it. You know, Jimenez had a pretty uh, – you got Garver coming up. You like the way he hits. They, they wouldn't catch him, uh, but uh, you like the way he hits. But Jimenez had a pretty good year as the backup really and he's Mr. Clubhouse guy. I, I got to think he's going to be back. Well, I also, I mean, I would make sure if I were the Twins, he's just going to be a minor league deal situation. I'd get him locked up based on two phone calls from you, Darvish. I think that's good <laughs> enough right there. Uh, why not? I mean, there's no there's no guaranteed money going to Jimenez at this point. And you're right. He was tremendous in that clubhouse. And there's a reason that we voted a media good guy. And I think he was general, uh, you know, good guy to all those teammates, younger teammates. He's been in a lot of winning situations. And, um, he jokes that uh, he's told Darvish that we're a package deal here. So wherever you go, you make sure you take me with you. And, and again, uh, maybe the Jimenez is the first piece you got to take care of because, um, again, he, he keeps showing up in the in the postseason somehow. Well, they anticipate uh, that uh, Sano is going to show up in Fort Myers and rehab uh, uh, for a, a while. Uh, that'll be interesting to see if it occurs or not. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, um, you know, he, he's just now going to start that process. And the encouraging thing is that once he's cleared for baseball activity, which they think will be sometime uh, in January, that they're going to let him work with Fernando Tatis Sr. again. And that, that certainly paid dividends a year ago and led to an all-star appearance. This time he's going to have a guy with a rod in his shin. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes in terms of mobility at third. But from everything, and you know, I pressed Thad Levine on that um in terms of uh, playing the field, because that would obviously affect your lineup and whether you're, you're going to need a uh, little even more protection beyond Escobar at third. But they seem to think that the, his workload on the field and at the plate should not be impacted as, without any uh, setbacks. Everything's so far so good. But that is an NFL-slash-NBA-type surgery to put a shin in the uh, a rod in the shin of a, of a very big man. So baseball's a different deal with all the diving and stretching and, and, and leaning that he's going to have to do. you have to throw that big body around. Uh, Mike Berardino is with us, uh, Pioneer Press. Mike, uh, we're talking about a rod. Are we talking about a rod? Are we talking about a copper wire or a titanium <laughs> wire or something? Do we have any idea what kind of width we're talking about here? Is it, well, I mean, if we, I, if we dro- drove a spike into his shin, I'd be a little nervous here. Well, I did, I did get a, I did press on the idea that, you know, is, does it go down into the ankle or the foot as well? Did that have to be stabilized? Because you hear about those kind of – and he was seeing foot and ankle type specialists, but uh, that didn't have the exact – I asked for the length of the rod. I think we'd like to know. <laughs> yes. We'd like to – that's a good specific detail. But he didn't have that for me. But uh, basically it just had to stabilize that area. It's, uh, you know, it's not the tibia because it's it purely is on the front of – of that uh, shin area, and and um, but it's still a concern, and the, maybe the short-term concern, the bigger one is, how much cardio can he do? How how hard is it going to be for Miguel Sano to stay in shape this off-season as he's rehabbing both in Fort Myers and back home uh, before he even is able to pick up a bat? 
Mike, uh, you worked in South Florida for a long, long time. Uh, has Jeter done the impossible and become more unpopular than Jeff Loria within a week? Uh, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, you've been down there. I don't think we still know if Miami could be a good baseball area or not. Well, all you can go on is that they did have $3 million, um before the strike uh, coming out as a uh, – as an expansion team, and they put seventy thousand a night in the stands in '97 when they're winning yeah. World Series in October. So we, you know, the people will come if, if given half an opportunity. But that's not happening now. And and for Stanton, they'd be out the door and Ozuna and maybe Yelich too. And it just, you know, you make a fine point. I think if indeed Jeter would finish behind Loria in a popularity contest in South Florida, that would mainly be because of expectations. Yes, you know, Derek Jeter's associated with winning. Right? Yes. They're not going to do much winning for a while. Well, they had a chance to sell the team to a – I don't know what happened to the financing, but when I first read the two contenders, I, I thought the Cuban billionaire would be a yes. slam dunk down there, for goodness sakes. George, yeah, George Moss is the guy who was – yeah, even at the All-Star game when I was down there, all the local papers were talking. He was there sitting uh, next to the dugout with Loria. It looked like a done deal. But baseball came in there and put him – uh, made sure that Jeter was installed, and that Bruce Sherman, who basically wrecked the Miami Herald uh, as a as a uh, hedge fund guy a decade ago, and and a number of other Knight Ritter papers, uh, he's uh, he's putting a stamp on Miami again. That's not a good one. So they could have had Moss, and now it's no Moss. Well, that's terrible. Uh, what uh, are the is the uh, Twins uh, uh, delegation leaving tomorrow morning, or they leave today? No, they all pretty much got out of there today, and a few of them. Dustin Morrison um, and the other PR guys, uh, they, they uh, left town uh, yesterday, but uh, knowing that uh, while they were still trying to make signings, and they did with, with Rodney, they weren't going to be having any press conferences um, down here for sure. So they keep that streak going. They also keep their amazing streak going. And maybe you have a, uh, maybe you can recall one, but I cannot find one throughout Twins history. And I've vetted it as far as I can with McPhail and Ryan and everybody else. Um, and Calvin Griffith unavailable for comment. No, no. Out, twins have never signed an outside reliever, uh, free agency uh, to a multi-year deal in their history. Wow. They usually they'll bring them in and maybe like them, Jared Burton, et cetera, and then re-up at that point. But to go win a bidding war for an outside free agent reliever, that's not a Twins thing, and it still isn't. I can guarantee you, Calvin never did it. <laughs> no, you right? can have a, without looking. I can guarantee you, Calvin never did it. Hey, right. hey, Mike, thanks for your time. All right, Pat. all right, Mike Berardino of St. Paul Pioneer Press that covers the Twins. We shall return. Johnny Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? Join the over 3 million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. Post your next job opening on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com. Timberwolves back in action tonight. They will play Sacramento at the Target Center. I guarantee you no matter what happens, Timberwolves fans are going to be disappointed. <laughs> if they win by 15 and don't use the bench enough, people will be upset. <laughs> They're getting tired. Yes. Uh, the Wild has recalled goaltender Steve Michalik. That indicates to me that Doobie's uh, going to miss a few games. Yes, under emergency conditions are what they call it mm-hmm. from the Iowa Wild. Dubnik has some lower body in- injury problems. Uh, now, they are. there was a report today that he's day-to-day, but uh, it sounds to me like uh, maybe a little longer. That's how day-to-day is. Yeah. I think, uh, isn't... Uh, 
the big guy from uh, Eastern Europe, isn't he day-to-day? Belitsa or whatever. He's day-to-day. Belly. He's turning out. He's month-to-month. Wild hosts the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, this evening. I'm sorry. I was listening to something in queue. Uh It was um, Billy Martin being ejected from a game. Uh He's almost as good as Earl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They hated him him more than Earl. Oh, my God. They hated him more than Earl. You're here for one reason, to bleep us. (laughs) What? The best is uh, is the Hall of Fame thing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> was it, was it, was it Bill Hall, uh, Bill Tom Haller's brother, yep. Tom Haller's brother. Yep. Right? Yes. Oh, you're going to the Hall of Fame, huh? For bleeping up a World Series? <laughs> <laughs> and Earl doesn't know what to do. He just goes, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> we got to find an Earl anniversary just to play oh. that soundbite for oh, some. Oh, it's wonderful. The <laughs> twins, as we've heard, have agreed to a one-year deal with Fernando Rodney. Uh, the deal could reach $6 million with incentives pending a physical. Last year, he had 39 saves for Arizona, 5-4 and four with a 4.23 RA. Now, he does turn 41 on March 18th. I hope he wears his hat all the way to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball's Rule 5 draft held today. Twins lost a couple of fellas. Uh, righties Nick Birdie went to the Philadelphia Phillies and Luke Bard to the Angels, but then the Phillies traded Birdie to the Pittsburgh Pirates for $500,000 in international bonus money. The Twins took righty Tyler Kinney, uh, Kinley from Miami. Uh, you guys were asking about Kinley, if we knew anything about him. I yeah. did look something up. Apparently his fastball ranges in the 96 to 98 mile an hour uh, region. Does his, he throw it for a strike? His slider, 87 to 90. He averaged 12.2 strikeouts per nine innings last season in the minor leagues. Control, Chris? has been an issue. Mm-hmm. He's walked almost four batters per nine innings in his ah. minor league career. He's 26 years old, uh, apparently pitching for Lycee in the Dominican this winter, uh, and he's tossed 18 scoreless innings, uh, which is where the Twins have been. That's why they got excited. Uh, yep. uh, Berardino just told us he wasn't rated among the top 30 prospects in the Marlins system going into this offseason. So. Yeah, and he is 26. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four members so of the— So he's uh, J.T. Graham. Basically, is what you're saying. J.R. Graham. Or that's it. Him too. Hopefully, he's taller. (laughs) Four members of the Lynx, who are on the 2016 Olympic women's basketball gold medalists, are among the 29 players in the pool for the 2018 U.S. national team. Sylvia Fowles, Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, and Lindsey Whalen. We're on the oh, gold. come on. Our grandmas don't want to play again, do they? Maya. <laughs> but we don't want the three grandmas to go again, do we? WNBA stars Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are back for another run with the national team. U.S. has already qualified. Sue Bird! Uh-huh. <laughs> she got to UConn before Gino did, for goodness sake. <laughs> U.S. has already qualified for next year's FIBA World Cup. That will be held next year in Spain. Ryan Shazier remains at UPMC Hospital Oof. in Pittsburgh. He's still recovering from that spinal stabilization surgery. A statement released today by the Steelers. He was strapped to a board, carted off the field. You might remember after a collision with receiver Josh Malone on a December 4th game against Cincinnati. He has been placed, of course, on injured reserve. His dad, Vernon, told ESPN via text the support from around the NFL has been unbelievable. Family is remaining hopeful and taking life one day at a time. So what nobody is telling us is if he's paralyzed or not. That's correct. Nobody yeah. has said a word in that Doesn't direction. Doesn't sound so. good. Not, uh, not no. at all, actually. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet.
as far as I'm concerned, he went enough. Well, that's good enough for me to okay. do, but sometimes get some help on it too, all right? All right. That's the rule. Which umpire was Billy screaming? <laughs> I at? couldn't tell from the uh, the video replay, but he was he didn't want to be intimidated. He you was know, fine yeah. with the call, yeah. but don't be trying to intimidate yeah. me. And uh, <laughs> the dirt kicking, we really oh. wouldn't get away with oh. that anymore, would we? With the dirt heavens kicking. no, heavens no. Now the difference between him and Earl was Earl was the greatest guy that ever lived. Uh, <laughs> you know, unless you were an umpire, right. Billy was a bad guy. Yes, but I don't. Now that I got. Most of them are deceased now, but I know a lot of Angelo Giuliani was a big buddy of my dad's in the fifties. He used to come down hunting, uh, pheasant hunting down in Fulda, and I got to know him extremely well. And he's one of the greatest guys that ever lived. He's days that died a few years ago. Backup catcher with the Brooklyn Dodgers, St. Paul guy, signed. Uh, you know, was a longtime scout for the New York Giants. And then uh, for the twins when they came here, and he swears by Billy. He thought Billy was a great guy. Sure. And a lot of those people of the, that knew him well in the '60s will tell you that the twins of uh, you know Jimmy Robertson loved them. Uh, all these guys went hunting and hunting with them in South Dakota, uh, duck hunting up by Lake Christina, up by where Kenny has his place, and uh, you know they'd go and it'd, it'd be a lot of drinking, but. Everybody swore by Billy, but when he really got full of booze, he uh, he he liked to punch people. And uh, Howard Fox was the Twins' traveling secretary, but it was a completely different job then. He was like the vice. He was the on the road spy for Calvin because the the general manager didn't travel. Mm -hmm. You had a four person. You had a manager and three coaches, and you had one trainer and an equipment man. That was it. That yeah. was it. And you had Ray Crump, who uh, just recently passed away. And Ray was Calvin's guy. And Howard was his guy. And, and whatever information was disseminated from the road came from Howard. And Howard hated Billy because going back to a day when Billy was the coach on the road... Howard and Billy never got along because Billy would raise ruckuses on the planes when he got hammered and stuff like that and anyway whatever led to it billy punched howard in a, in a uh hotel lobby maybe in 67 or so okay? okay but it was it was basically over howard's dead body that calvin gave the job to billy in 69 because they were worried about attendance and everybody loved billy because he was this feisty mm -hmm. you know look uh, at the emotion yeah, he's showing yeah, on the yeah, field yeah he was showing a lot of emotion and uh, so they brought him in in 69, had a great season, uh, might have been the best Twins team ever, uh, then got swept by Baltimore, Baltimore yeah. in the first mm -hmm. ever AS ALCS. And Billy yeah. defied some Calvin orders. I think Calvin told him not, okay, I did not to pitch Bob Miller, and he did. There was some start a game, and he did, and he got swept, and in the series, and Calvin was wanting to win at least one one of those games, so he'd get another home, another home gate, game, right? Yeah. And and then, but all all through the year, crazy stuff had happened. And I told you, you know, the the fight in Detroit where Billy ended up punching <laughs> one of his players, right. Dave Boswell, and Allison. Allison was a big pal of the 
front office of the Griffiths sure. and the Robertsons. And there was always a rumor that he was Calvin's son-in-law or Calvin's nephew or oh. something because he was he was he seemed like such a favorite of them. We figured he had to be related, right? But he, he was just a guy. But Boswell punched Allison and then Billy punched Boswell. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Lindell AC and, and the local media that was traveling with the team then sat on it for like three or four days before then it all hell broke loose. But the fact that Allison, that somebody would punch Allison and Billy had such a lack of control of the team, they, they, they kind of blamed him for lack of control of the team. And then uh, Tom, me always told me the story that, they're 69. They're like seven games ahead at the break in the West Division. They're playing great. And uh, the the Twins delegate, they have a bunch of All-Stars, and the Twins delegation flies in from Minnesota on Sunday night, and, and Howard Fox and the players are flying in from, they played somewhere on the road. They were flying in okay. from another. So they're all up there in Calvin Sweet drinking and celebrating and having a, you know, they're drawing people. The fans are in Everything's going great. They're great. They're going to win 100 games, maybe. Uh, and Foxy walks in the room and says, we got to fire you. You should you should hear what that SOB did now. Okay. You know? and, uh, and I remember Tom telling me, now Tom didn't have a lot of influence, but he was there, you know, through it all. And he would, once in a while, Calvin would ask his opinion. And Tom told went up and... When they decided they were going to fire Martin, he he told me, uh, he, he went up to Calvin and said, this is the worst mistake you're ever going to make, and you're going to pay for this for years to come. And they did. They paid at the gate for years to come. Now, he was crazy. But the next year, they won. How did they, so just really quick, that team were, was great. Did the players, I mean, I know he had a lot of, did the players at least respect him? Did they like playing for Some him? Some of them, like Rodney loved him. Okay. You know, he stole seven bases, and he he would because that was Billy Ball, right? It was speed. It was well, yeah, yeah. It was kind of Billy Ball, but it was no. Well, yeah, but you had you had Harmon and you Caesar had Caesar Tovar batted first, Carew batted second, Oliva batted third, and Killebrew hit fourth. That's a decent and, uh, top four. You know, and Caesar was the the model leadoff man of that generation. Okay. You know, he get on, get hit by a pitch, steal second, score. Rodney was a uh, you know just you know was really becoming a star. Then Tony's the best hitter the Twins ever had, and Harmon, Harmon best slugger was at they the ever had, prime of his physical uh, skills right then. So it was a great team. Everything was fine, and Billy was. But Billy got worse and worse as the booze got worse and sure. worse. The booze took over his life, and by the time he was managing the Yankees in the middle seventies, he's one of the worst guys I've ever been around in my life. Well, you just Ooh. see him too, and in that highlight video was from. It oh, looked he just to be, deteriorated yeah. physically. He just he, he could not handle the booze, but he 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 was scrappy. He'd punch anybody, so, including marshmallow salesmen. <laughs> the '69 team. You said that was the first year of the ALCS. Would the yeah. Twins have represented in the World Series had it been under the previous rules? Did they have a better record than Baltimore? No, I think Baltimore won. They more did. Than okay, Baltimore. So, there were two great teams. Okay, two great teams. Then Baltimore swept them again the next year, and they won more. The Twins won more games in in '70 with Rigney than they, than did, they did in '69. But they were they were great. But Baltimore was. Baltimore never lets you score any runs. Because their yeah, pitching the was pitching. so good. Yeah. And 69, what, was that the year Harmon won the MVP? I think so. Yeah. Was it? Didn't okay. he drive in 140 or some damn thing? Right? That's it? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs>
And that's when, you know, that's when RBIs matter. Now they don't no, matter. No, they don't matter. They don't matter. Just like wins. They don't mean nothing. Wins. Strikeouts, too. They don't matter. No, none of that. Okay, we'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? The biggest memory I have back then, it was a cold day. The field was frozen. We played with tennis shoes. So did the Eagles, but at first they walked out of the field at Comiskey Park wearing spikes. They came out and, to warm up and they were falling all over the place, eh, because uh, the cleats would not stick into the frozen turf. That is Charlie Trippy, and today is his 96th birthday. Uh, born December 14th, uh, 1921 in Pittstown, Pennsylvania. Charlie Trippy. Uh, he is having uh, quite a distinction uh, because the Georgia Bulldogs are going to the Rose Bowl, right? It's uh, the way things work yeah. now. Mm-hmm. They're going to the Rose Bowl. Playing Oklahoma, right? The last yep. time they went to the Rose Bowl, Charlie Trippy was the star of the team, and it was 1943. Wow. <laughs> and they defeated UCLA in the Rose Bowl. 1942, they had a uh, they they had another back named Frank Sinkwich, who was the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Charlie uh, Trippy was a uh, sophomore that year, and you know, in 1972, Georgia, the world's largest outdoor co- cocktail outdoor cocktail party, the game with Georgia, in Florida, in, Florida, in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had that back then. 1942, Georgia nipped Florida 75 to nothing. Oh boy! Uh, and then in 1943, they beat UCLA 9-0. In the in the Rose Bowl, and Charlie being interviewed on the Georgia website talking about how happy he is, but Charlie has another distinction, and we were hearing about it there. Ninety-six-year-old uh, Charlie Trippy was a member of the nineteen forty-seven Chicago Cardinals, who won the uh, NFL title. The Chicago sure, Cardinals. Yep. Mm-hmm. They beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles twenty-eight twenty-one. In a thriller, played at Comiskey Park. Wow. And that's the only championship the Cardinals organization has ever had. Oh, my God. They played in three cities, mm-hmm. Chicago, St. Louis, Phoenix. They only won one title, 1947. Wow. And Charlie was the man in that game. They had a backfield that had Pat Harder. Remember him, the referee? No, I don't. He was the fullback. He was a referee okay. later on. But uh, Charlie started the game with a 44-yard touchdown run. And then later on, Charlie had a 75-yard punt return. And the Chicago Cardinals beat the Eagles 28-21. And then, since then, I believe, as an organization, before they went to the Super Bowl, they won one playoff game. Wow. When did they go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, they beat the Cowboys in uh, 98. Because yeah. yeah. they, they lost I, to the I Vikings. Think that was the only one they ever won. Wow. I think so, yeah. And uh, We then, teach sports. Yes, we do. Charlie Trippy, 96. Another, you know, that was another one of those. He's still alive moments, <laughs> but uh, good luck. Charlie's still doing it. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 
Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.